Welcome back. Episode 107 of the Ranting Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside my host, Brett. And who would have thought the New York Rangers are your number one team in the NHL? It's been a wild ride, all good vibes. First quarter mark of the season is roughly here. We're going to be talking about Mika, Truba, the team as a whole, and more. But first, just want to let you all know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And welcome back. Brett, how's it going? Oh, so, so good. Just so happy right now. Uh, the Bills just lost. The season is over. Should have won that game against the Eagles. I hate the Eagles with such a passion. And this whole NFL season is literally down to nothing but anybody but the Eagles winning. I don't care. Like, I hate the Steelers with a passion, and they're not going to because they suck. But I would be happier if the Steelers somehow cinderella themselves into a Super Bowl than the Eagles. I'm so sick of Philly. I hate Philly fans with a passion. They are one tiny rung above Boston fans in sports. They're 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 ba- they're just slightly less racist Boston fans. That's who they are as a group in all of their sports. Uh I, I I'm gonna need to listen to, in fact, I should have done this before we started this pod, is I should have listened to have you ever heard Bill Burr his no. when he slagged off the entire city of Philadelphia. So Bill Burr, you know, he is a comedian. He's a funny guy. He he was playing the show in Philly and the crowd was really disrespectful to a lot of comedians that came before him. So he came out and was just like, fuck Philadelphia. And he goes on like this, this 15, 20 minute tirade where he's just like, he's just like, word uh, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna take down the entire city from your sports teams to your identity everything and it's so great and i i i'm not even joking and anyone that feels this way i encourage you to listen to it because it, it'll it'll warm my heart a bit to to hear somebody so accurately take down that entire city the city's trash to begin with it's a pale imitation of new york city it's uh, it, it has everything bad about New York City. Philadelphia has with none of the great things about about New York City. I hate Philly. I hate their sports fans. I hate their football team. I hate their brother. Their father shows. lives in New York City. I hate. I hate it. Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. Hate him. So, uh, yeah, not super thrilled right now. And I guess to keep the rage train going, uh, let's let's hop over tracks to the true true train. Um, oh, his whole his whole slashing thing. Um. Is it a good luck? No, it obviously isn't. Um, he needs to control his stick better than that. It, it's so clear to anybody without an agenda that that he wasn't trying to slash him in the back of the head. Like Truba's never done anything remotely like that. It's unprecedented. And when you have a player that has never like if if uh, uh, you know if Kadri does that, if uh, uh, Marshan does that, Wilson does that. You're not going to give them the benefit of, benefit of the doubt, but but Truba's not that guy. But the problem is, is that he's had just this narrative built around him because he hits big that he's a dirty player. But that's just other fan bases that generally say that. What bothers me is I see New York Rangers fans sometimes carrying water for that argument that Truba isn't a clean player and that that he he is dirty and he's a headhunter. If you are one of those people, you need to check your fucking self because show me the reels. And I've, I think I said this before on this podcast. Show last me the week, reels. Literally. literally last week. And then this happens. Show it to me. Point them out. Oh, to see, me. that's another thing. There you go. That's that's another thing. The injuries. Now Truba. What next? What do you mean? Jinxing it. Oh, jinxing it? I, I don't know. I mean, what have I jinxed this year? I'm jinx Kako or something. Do something oh, oh, good for once. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is first in the league not good enough for you, Berkey? Is, I'm sorry. Is being the best team in hockey? I'm Apparently sorry, after the Dallas game, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry I'm cursing this team by making them the best in the league. I'm so sorry about that. You're right. I need to hold my tongue more often. I mean, good Lord. But yeah, uh, no, but it, it's, fair to, it's fair to say it was – careless i it, it, he definitely should have had control of his stick more yeah, I, absolutely i absolutely do not think it was intentional if you literally look at that with a non-biased perspective you see his shoulder being pushed the same way and him i wouldn't say slipping but losing his bounce while he was pushing and his stick came up now he still should have control of his stick but oh, sure. it's not an intentional play no it really isn't it really isn't and, and like i said if you don't have a massive bias towards jacob truba you see that and if you've ever played hockey too when somebody is when somebody's grabbing you or their stick is in you or whatever, your first instinct is to like 
pretty violently shrugged them off sort of thing. And that's basically what was happening. And because he had two ends on the stick when he did that, it loops around and smacks him in the back of the head. I, I just, I also don't care. Like, to be perfectly honest, and this is like not a take that people like to say publicly, but like, it's Trent Frederick. I really don't give a fuck even if it was intentional. You want to talk about a dirty player that does shit that intentionally injures people? Trent Frederick is one of those guys. I've seen him do. And here's the thing. This is what bothers me is that people are going to go after Jacob Trouba for his hits and all that other stuff. And and, and this, this high sticking slash or whatever you want to call it. They want to go after him about this. There are players that routinely slew foot people. Do you know how easy it is to seriously injure somebody when you do that? I've seen people cross check people to the neck and the back of the head intentionally. Just this week, uh, who was it that um, uh, guy was down on the ice during a fight and he takes another shot at his face, hits him in the head, his head hits the ice as well. When the fight was already over and he was already down on the ice. Like that, all that stuff is so much more intentional. It's so much more in your control. It's so much more with the intent of hurting you. And no one goes after those people with the same vitriol that everyone is doing with Jacob Truba. So that's the fucking angle that all these people that are going after him have right now. It's nothing but pure bias, pure hatred. And honestly, at this point, pure jealousy. Um, the Rangers aren't a popular team around the league anyway. The league, the league itself doesn't like them. No, the league itself doesn't like them. But fans, if you're not a Rangers fan, most people hate the Rangers. I've never quite understood why, because we've never really been like a perennial favorite. We don't win a ton of cups. We've never even been like I don't. We we don't even have an identity like teams like like the Flyers have, where they're like their identity just in general has always been like a tough, hard, scrabble, dirty fighting sort of team. No, no, and the Rangers have a theme. The goalie well, save you every single time. Yeah, right. I, so I don't know why the Rangers have quite the hatred that they do around the league, but they but they do. And I think a lot of that is playing into the narrative around this whole Trouba thing. And frankly, I'm just not engaging with people with it anymore, really, unless I see friends commenting on it. Uh, I'll comment. But other than that, I don't want to talk to fans of other uh, uh, of other teams because it just it's it's nothing but frustrating. They're not viewing the game accurately. I mean, we still. How many years later still have Habs fans yelling at Kreider when you have the most demonstrable proof you can? You have the screenshot of his the stick, stick was bending, bent, by the way. The stick bend, was bent, bending around his skate, and they will still hold firm that Kreider is a dirty player who purposely injured him. I mean, that's the level, of, and and this is what I try to do myself, and I would preach to everyone else is that. You can love a team. When you love a team, you're going to be a little bit biased, but try your best to view the game accurately. It makes discourse so much better. It makes the game more enjoyable. That's why I was fighting with you about the, the, the non-goal calls and whatnot, because I'm like, no, I'm really trying to be objective. I know how my heart feels, but try to view the game with a little bit of impartiality, because I'm telling you, it's less stressful and it's a better experience overall. Um, and, and But that's not how most people view the game. And especially if you're talking to people on Twitter or your Instagram or Facebook or whatever, the comments about Truba in this is just, it's everything they wanted. Cause every time I'd say like, well, show me the hit that's dirty. Now they have this. That's the thing that annoys me. It's like, they'll point no, no, what they do now. is they have a screenshot of one angle zoomed in out of context and say, see dirty hit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now they have this to point to. So that's what's really bothersome to me about it right now is I'm just like, damn it. Now these people are just going to feel so justified. They're going to be like, look, I told you he was dirty. You know what? He, they can think he's dirty as we go and win a Stanley Cup because that's what's happening this year. All right. So we're at the quarter way. Is there anything that, and I, I might not be wording this properly, but obviously there have been a lot of surprises but one that hasn't gotten enough credit or notice. Okay, so just to quickly rattle off the things that are surprising so we can just, just go through. the uh, Artemi Panarin changing his game and becoming the player that he is now. That's surprising. Jonathan Quick being a goalie with like, what does he have, like 930 save percentage right now? It's it's, it's like ridiculous. He's like on a Vesna track Apparently right if you now. suck in the preseason, you go next level in the regular season. Yeah, apparently. I don't know what uh, who told Lafreniere and Quick, but they should have told everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, Lafreniere busting out. That has been surprising. Uh, Kako not being anything 
whatsoever is surprising. I really thought he was going to be a lot more no. I mean, it was to the point where uh, in the last game against Boston, I don't think I heard Kako's name until like nearing the end of the first period. I was like, oh, Kako's out here. I, I he, That's how nothing he was. Um, and it was really, it's been, that's, that's been surprising in a bad way. Uh, but one of the few surprising things in a bad way, uh, you know, I, I knew Nick Benino was going to be a good fourth line guy. Um, I didn't realize that he is like the shot blocking machine out there. Like I made a joke that like, if anyone wants to get me a gift for Christmas, I'd like a bulletproof vest. And it's just a picture of Nick Benino because who stopped, who blocks more shots than him? Uh, literally no one in the league. I mean, that guy is frustrating every team we play against because anytime he's on the ice, you're just like, yeah, you're you're not getting a shot through. Like, we don't have these, like, average players that don't, like, step up, which obviously in the playoffs you really, really need. Yeah, I mean, that's how we ended up with a guy like Barkley Goodrow on our team. <laughs> but I won't go That's, in. like, the go. one – that's, like, the one – is that, like, the last domino to fall? No. Well, no, I guess, I guess Kako getting going would be so like two dominoes to fall. And then Blake Wheeler is, you know, ACL ripping apart or something. I, I feel like, though, that's like one that we could say is inevitable. But with is the it? other two, I mean, I'm betting a lot more money on that than Goodrow being traded. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And about Kako's that. just baffled me. I mean, he doesn't even look like last year's Kako, which is why, why it's just like, I don't know what's going on. It is very good. It, it's, I, I, I honestly don't get it. The thing I'm hoping for with Kako is that we, when Hedl comes back, that I don't think he's going to take over Trocek's spot. I think they're going to keep him there. So they're going to put him with the third line. Um, and I think maybe a Cooley, Hedl, Kako, because Kako and Hedl have played well together in the past. Um, and and Cooley, I like his kind of game. Maybe those two can help jumpstart him too. Because right now he doesn't have that a playmaker like Phil Pedal on his line. So maybe that helps jumpstart him, give him some confidence. That's kind of what I'm holding that hope for. But again, you know, like I said before, if Kako doesn't end up becoming, you know, a 60-point player, he's like a 40-point guy, but plays elite defense and he's on a third line, staple forever, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's just weird that he's not even like doing those plays that we've seen him do with the puck, like the puck possession, right? We we haven't even seen him do that a lot, which is just so weird. Yeah. It's like he declined, not even just stay the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, I, I think that's a solid, uh, a good idea. I just wish, I, I know they're obviously not going to now because the first line's getting going, but when we said last week where if you would try Panarin, Mika, and Lafreniere, yeah. And cry to Troche Kako. I, they're not going to do it now. They got to ride the hot first line now or, you know, them getting going. But I, honestly, I, I think it's inevitable that that first line slows down again. Yeah, just because historically they've not been very good at generating 5v5 offense. And I don't think Blake Wheeler is anything more than a very slow passenger um, on the line anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't expect that to happen, although it, it's just encouraging to see Mika playing better in general, because even before he started scoring, um, and I forget already what game that was, but whatever, uh, two games ago before he started scoring. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. He was already playing better. You could see it. He wasn't fumbling. That was with free the... money. Oh, this that's what I wanted to mention. That is free money versus the Flyers. Yeah. Unfortunately, I tried to pair it with other bets. I needed Lafreniere to oh, score. I, I had, um, if Zibanejad hit that empty net, I, I, I bet... Uh, for him to score one goal, for him to score two goals, and for him to score three goals. Wow! If he how how off was he on that on that shot? Dude, you know how many bets I've lost because Mika refuses to hit an empty net goal. I've so, watched, someone's got. I, can we have like uh, Laviolette have an earpiece and like if we have a bet, say hey, hey Laviolette, you put this player out like with two minutes left to score the. Oh yeah, because Lobby really cares about your 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 five dollar. I'm ju- I'm just bet. saying, is it if I grew up like four to two or something like that? If we're up by not just one goal like you know come on like yeah yeah i see that happening but it's just like so frustrating because he didn't come back out after that you're like no just put him in 
He had yeah. a decent he had a decent look at it too. But I, I've literally last year there were so many games where I'm like when he shot that, I was like, oh my gosh, no way. And then he missed that. I'm like, that's it. That was it. Yeah. That was it. You're not you're not getting another chance at that. And Kreider had a chance for Hattie as well. And uh uh that would have put me over the top for this week, but now as it stands, I'm gonna lose this week and I'm pretty pretty disappointed. Once again, I would beat almost the entirety of the league this wait, week. Wait a minute. Except wait a minute. for, except that, for that, the one. Does that I'm mean playing. does that mean we'd be tied if I win this week? In the standings, maybe. Yeah. 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 Not for long. It's fine. Wait a minute. You were winning last night. Yeah, I know. By a lot. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh Ghosty put up a goal and three assists today. That's what happened. <laughs> Uh, and then last week, uh, or was it two weeks ago, uh, Will had Trocek go off. It happens, uh, you know, but that's that's the nature of that's the nature of fantasy. But you know, yeah, yeah, we'd be we'd be we'd be tied if I win. Can't win them all. Not only that, but I could. Uh, no, I'm not going to tie points for. No, you will not tomorrow. Your team's garbage. That's going to keep you. You couldn't garbage. drop Levi when I have a waiver claim available. You no. had to just wait until I put that last one in. Yeah, I, I mean, I it had absolutely nothing to do with you, but what a happy accident for me! I love, I love that. Happens I hope to be so. though. I'm, 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 I'm last in the waiver wire, so it's, it's not happening I, anyway. I, I hope somebody else gets them. I really do. Anyway, back to the actual, the actual Rangers guys. Did you know that we're first in in the NHL right now? Like, what, what is going on? That that feeling. It's not one that I'm used to. It's honestly, it's a little scary too. It's like, when's the last time they even, even for one night was number one in the NHL? I don't know, 2014? 15. 15, yeah, sorry, 15, yeah. They didn't like once in like, um, not uh, 18, no, wait, not 18, 17, no. like just for one night? Uh, no. They underrated it. Like, what, what were they, like third in goals for that year? So I, I think I figured out Laviolette's uh, strategy, by the way, with the 5v5 okay. co- coming into the season. And and it's pure genius, by the way. I'm not saying this in a negative uh, way. The way to fix your 5v5 problem is to never be 5v5. <laughs> it's pure. And then score shorthanded goals. It's genius. Chris Crowder, who leads the leads the league in shorthanded goals for like the last five years or whatever, I saw that stat pop up. He has the most shorthanded goals I think since like yeah. 20, since twenty eighteen. That's uh, hey, that's hey if cool. it works, it works. Hey, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, to be perfectly honest, too, and and I really don't like complaining about calls, but I found myself doing it so much lately. But it really feels like we've been winning these games. Well, what's by with being- this instigator, by the way? They sometimes do it. They sometimes don't. What the hell is up with that? I don't understand. Oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. In the rule book, it says NYR, you know, on a footnote, it's something different, obviously. Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, the the a lot of times we've been beating the team and the refs. Like, that's happened a number of times. And, and like, the game against Boston, it's like, well, we had five or was it six penalty kills we had that game? It was five. I mean, there was about two that were inarguably penalties. And then there was like three where I was like ticky tacky little glove tap sort of, you know, hooking stuff. And I'm fine if those get called both ways. But it's like, we All right, at least guys, be consistent. Be consistent. And we have guys being literally hauled down, going for a rebound, spun around, Panera just getting hauled down constantly and looking for a call. And they're like, nope, sorry, I didn't see anything. But it was like, mm, I don't know. Your stick tapped his glove for a microsecond. We're absolutely going to call that. And it's been like that for like the last, especially the last four or five games. It's just been like, I it's, feel it's like been absolutely brutal. just uphill battles against the refs the whole time. And like I said, I, I'm not one where I don't want to sit here and talk about how bad the refs suck and this call is so bad. It's just, but it's so glaring that there's just like two different standards being held. And again, I don't understand why. I really don't. But it, it's frustrating. Didn't but... Malakette mention something like weeks, a couple of weeks ago, during intermission or something like that, or or I think it was after the game. I, I don't want to misquote. I, I don't want to misquote or anything. But it was about like, oh, how the Rangers like you well, don't get the calls or whatever. Approximate what what he was trying to say. What what, what was it? It's about oh you you think in New York okay so that means you're gonna like you gotta get the calls you get you gotta get stuff but no no it, it was definitely not. I have a theory that the refs hate 
coming into New York City, like it's such a pain in the ass getting in and like traveling and getting What do you mean? Then, then Calgary should be the worst. No, Winnipeg Calgary. should be the worst. Edmonton no, should be the worst. Oh no! Are you kidding me? Those airports. Oh, oh, oh! I thought you meant. I thought you meant. Okay, okay. Now I get what you're saying. No, no. I'm just saying that, like, to get like flying oh, to get the, to the game. I thought you just meant traveling wise. No, no. Get getting to New York City. You gotta go. You're coming in. You gotta deal with. Okay, I thought you meant like plane. You gotta deal with that. Laguardia, and then you get outside Laguardia, you realize that there's like no Ubers here, so you're like you you're, like. No, there is one. Up. You just gotta walk a mile up. You gotta walk a mile up. It. Yeah. Otherwise, you're stuck in a in a in an actual taxi line. And then you get in the city, it takes forever. I mean, New York City is so wild where someone's like, oh, it's a mile away. And they're like, whoa, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going there. We're like a mile here is like, that's that's five minutes away. You literally but, see New York City and it's like, yeah, no, sorry, man. It's yeah. it's not it's not gonna take like 15 minutes. No, no, it's it's absurd. You're you're the the whole distancing shrinks and then expands time-wise. It's bizarre. So I'm just thinking that maybe. The whole flying in and traveling and getting to the stadium, the whole vibe of New York City is just these refs are like, I fucking hate this city so much. And that's why they're like, you know what? You know what? If that's the answer, then I understand. <laughs> if, that, if that's the answer, then I understand. Anyway, it, it, it is so, I mean, I, I it's harder to wrap your head around it how your number one center has not, I mean, he's now getting going, but he wasn't performing at all, uh, you know, really like until like, two, three games ago, and you're not, and the Rangers are number one in the league. I mean, obviously, he got, he's not been doing great until, you know, the Pittsburgh game. Up until the last three games, he's been actively bad. And I've been carrying water and, and, and telling people, you need to calm down. In fact, I got into a fight with somebody who said he's not a 1C at all. And I was like, okay, you need to calm down. I don't get it. Sir. Does no one remember he does this every year and then he does this gets going? Every- Every year, every year he does this. And I, and I was like, dude, are you kidding me? You, you score 90 plus points, you're a first line center. And he's like, oh, I can name 20 guys that I'd rather have than him. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm not saying he's a top 20 center. He's not Connor McDavid. No, I'd say if I was putting him, I'd say he's right around that 20-ish mark as far as the center. If I was like drafting centers overall, I think he's probably right around there. But he's still a first line center. And he's also somebody that when he heats up, he's just like – he just touches the puck. He touches a pass and it goes rifling top top shelf, you know, like it did against Boston. Like when he gets hot, he gets hot. Uh, he also tends to heat up later on. And that's great. I want to. Yeah, you prefer it, later than now. Absolutely. I it's don't not need even close. The playoffs score. are later. What, what, yeah. Why is there even a dispute? Yeah. I, you know, uh, and I get it. But I get that that he looked especially bad. Uh, no, no. It's fair season. to be disappointed because he is your number one center. He's making 8.5 million. He should be, but it's not really long-term a concern because we all know he's got to get going. We all know he's going to get going. And, you know, I also wonder too, I mean, a lot of people don't put as much stock into this as I do, but, uh, you know, he's got a newborn, you know, just like Chessie did last year too. Like, that's a lot. Even if even if the wife is doing a lot of the, you know, obviously has to do a lot of the work. It's still just a lot of focus, a lot of energy, a lot of stuff that is away from the game. Um, I think it has a negative effect. I, I've just seen it a lot of times with a lot of guys, uh, not even just in hockey, but just a newborn can like kind of just knock back their their edge or where their head is at in the game. Um, so I'm not saying that's what's happening. I have no idea what their personal life it's is, a fair... and, but it's, it's just something to wonder about. Um, because again, it's, it's not just like in pre- years previous where he wasn't scoring a bunch. He's looked up until the last couple of games has looked actively bad where it's like, he can't even keep the puck on his stick. He's fighting it. Um, and that is a change that is, that it is different. And I get why it was concerning. I just didn't lose the faith because I love, I love Zippy and I, I, I would need a whole season of him playing like trash before I'd be ready to start slandering him and start saying he's not a one person. Is it just me or does he, when handling the puck, have his stick, um, what's the word, extended more than a player should? You mean he's often reaching out really far with his stick? Yeah. He's always kind of done that, though. He's always been one of those guys really low to the ice. That could really mess you up when things um, get tighter in like playoff style hockey. Right. And here's the thing. When you, when you come in, right. And your stick is way extended and you try to deke out that defense. It doesn't matter if you got the puck past them. 
you didn't even reach the player yet. The che- the player, the defenseman is just going to check you. Yeah, although there is the added benefit in what he does when he's playing well, playing in that style, is that he uses that reach to pass around defensemen. He uses that right. reach to go around, and he does that just, a lot. I don't, I don't very think effectively. Do, how many players do that? You know, um, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't want to talk about like, oh, playoff style. Uh, playoff style. He's not going to be good or anything. It, it's November. I'm just trying to say, like, who else kind of has that extended reach that he does when handling the puck? Well, you, you know, you know, one player that had a, a very weird grip um, on his stick that was classically wrong was Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky, you look at where his his bottom hand was. It's like so low on the stick. It's unbelievable. Uh, it's because he grew up playing lacrosse, and so he felt really comfortable with it. He had more accuracy. The lower you go on your stick, the more accuracy you have with that. Um, now, as far as that relating to Zvanajad, you know, like I, I have not, I have not played enough hockey or coached or or, or analyzed, you know, uh, you know how you grip a stick and hold it to say how effective it is. I, I just know that whatever a player is comfortable with is the way to go with it, and sometimes it can be really bizarre, like with Gretzky being the best point scorer of all time. And he has, like, if you ever watch his stick, it, it looks wrong. I wish like, man, he's way low on it. So I, I think when you have a guy that can score 90 plus points, who's been a point per for the last like four or five years, um, I, I think you just have to let him go. And I don't think his, I don't think that is the reason why he fails. Or no, succeeds. but I do think it could cause some problems um, in regards to, you know, turnovers and all that. Yeah, but I mean, but there's there's a but what I'm saying is that it's whatever you're comfortable with because there's a give and take with anything. Like the lower you go, the 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 slower your shot is, but you're gonna have more accurate shot. The higher you choke up, like Tage Thompson for the Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Sabers, he uses a stick that doesn't even come anywhere close to his chin. It's like mid chest. That's how small the stick is, and he's a big dude. Um, and he obviously scores a ton of goals. And he was asked like, "Why is your stick so short?" He goes, because I find when my stick is too long, I can't bring it in very well because then it jams you up. And the shorter my stick is, the closer I can pull it into my body. Uh, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I can't do that. I like, I, But I'm a defenseman, so I like having a real long stick, especially because then I can really slam that puck. I can do a really hard shot with it. So that's what I like. That's what I'm comfortable with. But every player is different with that. But what I'm saying is that there's a trade-off for anything. You know, if you're going to – Grip low, grip high. If you're gonna, if you're gonna play low, if you're gonna play extended, if you're gonna play tight to the body, you're giving up something with every angle that you choose to approach the game with. You're adding or giving up something. So Which I is don't why really I think, think he's so successful. Like you said, why why he's so successful on the rush, right? Yeah. Because when the player's taking the player, it, it they're kind of defending the wrong angle because the stick's extended more. Exactly. But exactly. when but when in the offensive zone, I feel like that's where the disadvantage comes in. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's fair. And I think an astute observation, um, I guess I just don't see it as a problem. It's just a, a natural trade-off. Yeah, no, I, I guess it's more glaring when he isn't having that, you know, right. positive side, right. Yeah. If it was more yeah. balanced. You're not really For sure. noticing that as much, but yeah, it's more glaring now. Um, also on the power play though, is it just me or they pass it to him? So slowly, but by the time he's getting that one timer off, the goalie could have like taken a vacation, come back, gone into position, and besides Mika obviously missing the net a few times, he's not getting that hit. Well, so, you're right, absolutely. By the right. way, I don't think that's on the passer either. I think it's because they pass it slowly because his windups. He always winds it up all the way, never halfway, yeah, and, it, well, and it's longer than usual. Yeah, um, I, I would say too. I think this year. So far, I've seen way more passes in his skates or in front of him on that one timer. Like the ones that he misses, somebody's like, "Oh, he missed it." I was like, "Dude, that thing was like a foot and a half out, too far in front of him." And like, and if you again, if you ever played hockey, you know that there's like a I I don't know the exact measurement, but like a two foot zone where you want that to be where you can adjust your angle and still lay into it. But if it's too far ahead of you, it's too far behind you. You're not getting anything on it. And I've seen so many passes over to him where it's like, nope. And, and and he stopped shooting it. You notice a lot of times now when the pass isn't right, he doesn't even try for it anymore. He's like, nope, I'm just going to corral it and throw it back and try it again. Uh, but the passes to him so far this year haven't been as crisp as they've been recently. 
on the power play in that position because I've seen him not get a lot of really good uh, looks right in his wheelhouse. In addition to, like you said, ones that are being too slow. So you think Offman? I I, I know you wanted to talk about Offman coming up. I do. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily even need or want to talk about it. I feel like I've talked about it so much already on the pod, but it just it makes so much sense. Like Blake Wheeler is doing absolutely nothing, and Othman is the he's the next guy up. And I think the real thing is that I would rather find out now, give him a look. I mean, now being a relative term, it's fine if they do it in January too. But I'd like to give him a long, a, a decent look to see if he can be the guy now. Because maybe exclusively, by the way, playing left wing, which makes sense in his first pro year, he just adjusting to pro hockey. So they're going to keep him in his, um, the position they they drafted him in. Yeah. I I still, you know, I'm I'm kind of with Greg Kaplan on this. The whole left wing, right wing thing doesn't really matter as much. It depends on your style, though. It does. Panarin on the right wing is not Panarin on the left wing. No, that's true. But in general, there is a lot of like, you know, they switch it. They switch up positions a lot. They they filter in and out. You know, it's like it's not the end of the world. To me, it's more important. And some some defensemen don't even care. But to me, it's more important for them to have the right handedness on the defense side of things, uh, just because of playing it on the boards. You know how, how you do more often. Uh, but he said he's comfortable with doing it. But I was saying I would like to. I'd like to see it because I'd like to know because I don't want him just coming up for five games and then and then being like, all right, well that wasn't more. You know, put him back down. Because maybe he's the answer. Maybe he's the answer for like the third line, you know, um, the depth scoring. And then we don't have to worry about acquiring that at the deadline, giving up assets or other picks or anything else. But do else. you really see them like scratching Wheeler? They need to. I, I'm not saying do they They also need to trade Goodrow, but they're not doing that. Do you but, but, but they, but see but, them but that's, scratching but that's Wheeler? Goodrow is different. They're They're – they got well, I'm asking, do you, do you see them scratching Wheeler? I will say yes, because so far there's nothing that Drury or Laviolette has done recently that has really made me go, these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing. And I think, I think out of respect and hope that they have to keep going with them for right now, but I can't imagine that they just go with him based off of his veteran status as they see. Like, they have to be watching the tape and going like, man, he can't keep up, you know. I, so I would find it very hard to believe that they're so – they can be so good at their jobs at one side of things and then just be completely blinded by the name Blake Wheeler on the other and have no problem with what he's doing. So I have to trust that they have a plan and that maybe they're just – seeing it out to uh, part of me feels like they got to give him until the new year. And I think January, that's when you might start seeing things shake up a little bit uh, as they start trying stuff out. But also there is like the, they might also need like a, a five game streak where they lose three games, you know, to, to, to feel justified in shaking things up. So it's really tough to make major roster moves when you're first in the NHL. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, People it's don't all right. Want to we're do number that. one. What, what? What? Who can we scratch now? Yeah, yeah. That's not. That, people don't like doing that. But that's that's not the right way to do anything in life. Is that just because you've had success doing one thing doesn't mean that you can't improve or that it can't change? And that's like a classic in all forms. Not just I mean, sports. obviously, it depends on the situation. Well, it depends on the situation. Sometimes you want to ride the hot hand. Yeah, but Wheeler isn't the hot hand. No, no, he's no, no, the, no, no. He's no, not no, why this team. No, is no. I'm not saying Wheeler. I'm just saying there are situations. Sure. Even though in the long run it could be better, you want to wait. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, absolutely. But I think that there is, I think, a natural human bias that when something's going well, you want to leave well enough alone. It's like when a pitcher has a no hitter going, you don't want to go up to and be like, "Hey, by the way, you're kind of hanging your slider a little bit. You might want to get down on that a little bit more when you throw it." You don't want to fucking touch. You don't want to talk to him. You don't want to do anything. But here's the thing, though: is like in that scenario, what if he's in? He's going into the eighth inning. And he has been hanging his slider a little bit. And then he that's and he gives up a home run in the eighth inning. And maybe if the coach had gone to him and like, hey, by the way, you're hanging your slider a little bit, either stay away from that pitch or make this adjustment, then he would have got his 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 uh his no hitter. You know, so people it's a natural human thing to to leave well enough alone when things are humming, you don't want to change things. But I, I've never agreed with that philosophy. To me, that's that's the hot hand fallacy, it's a gambler's fallacy. I don't like that. Uh 
because past success doesn't mean you're going to that success is going to keep going. That's just not how life works. And to me, if you can objectively look at something and say, this is working, I don't want to mess with that, like Panera and Lafreniere, valid. You can't tell me that you're looking at the team and going, Wheeler, that's working. Leave it alone because we're winning. No, you can make improvements. Just because we're first in the league doesn't mean we still couldn't be better. And one easy way we could be better is not having Blake Wheeler on this team. Well, obviously you need a replacement. And right now, I, I, I'd I argue, yeah, Offman should not be brought up until at least January time. Yeah, sure. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's like um, Barkley Goudreau on the first line, right? He, he's a fair, just placeholder. No, you're not, you're not buying that. I mean, he's played, he's played better the past few games. No, he hasn't. He's had a few good plays. He he got a couple. He got a couple easy points, is what you're talking about. That's not the same thing as playing well, like playing a solid sixty. He's not. He's too slow. He's too old. He can't be involved in the play. He doesn't make boneheaded decisions. But that's the best you can say for him. And honestly, when you said you know he's not Goodrow on the first line, I'm like, well, at least Goodrow can join the play. No, Goodrow cannot because his defensive game. Remember, he got all mixed up. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But. Honest to God. Goodrow right? had like every, once every 20 games a Wayne Gretzky type goal, but that was it. Yeah, no, I know. I wouldn't want him on the first line. Just like, honestly. And where like, is it, by the way? It's been, oh, the, next the, game. The the fact that I have to sit there and think, who would I rather have on the first line, Goodrow or Wheeler? I, it, that, I, don't, I don't think that's a question. That Honestly, I think it is a question. I think it honestly, honestly, God, is a question. At least uh, Wheeler has some offensive abilities. Where are they? But but he's too slow to be able to actually use. No, them. I'm not saying he's he. I'm not and saying he's, not he's good enough. But play. it he's, doesn't mean he's not better than Goodrow. He's historically a much better player, playmaker, offensive contributor than Goodrow. That is true. I'm just saying that I think if you really looked at it, that I think Goodrow, because he can actually skate still, might actually be more effective as a first liner right now than Blake Wheeler is. At least it's a question. I'm not saying it definitively. I'm saying it's a question where nah, I, I, I had I, to, I had that, to that I got I got a full disagree with. I had to think about it, and the fact that I had to think about it is. Uh, I don't think you remember Goodrow the way I do. Uh, last oh, year. I do. Oh, I do. I remember, and I would not. It was bad. That. I wouldn't. It want was that to really, be the really bad. I'm not saying that that is the thing to do. I'm just saying the fact that I even had to think about it is an indictment on Wheeler. That's how low. That's how low I think of him. Honestly, I mean Wheeler didn't pass it straight to Jack Hughes. Yeah, but he's got that going for him. Yeah, it's a you know, and I don't even begrudge the signing either because you can't predict. You know, if he was putting up points like he did last year, no brainer. But you know, father time comes for all of us, and it came for him this offseason. If I, I, if I if I ever meet him, I'm gonna feel so bad for everything that I've said about him because I I think he's he seems like a decent guy and everything, and he he was a hell of a player too. I watched a fair amount of Winnipeg games back in the day, and like he was great. I even played a season in NHL like 16 as because I was tired of playing as the Rangers over and over again, and they sucked. So remember I, I, when the Rangers power play, we wanted to forfeit it. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> there were more shorthanded goals against than power yeah. play goals for. Oh, it was sad. was had a had to stop a breakaway every single power play. Like, can you imagine if you're like like in Henry Lundqvist's position? It's like, oh shoot, a power play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to face a breakaway. Uh and then I guess the other thing that I did want to talk about and ask you about was uh by the way, Brett, do you have do you have NHL network? Because I, I don't have NHL Network. I would love to have NHL Wouldn't Network. Wouldn't it be great to have NHL Network since love, the I, NHL claims they're growing the game? I would pay – this is how much I would pay. I would pay $20 a month for an app that is just the channel live. That That's it. I would pay $20 a month for that. No, no, what no. I, so you got you to gotta pay for the package first, then something else, and then you could get NHL Network. Yeah, what I refuse to do is pay $100 a month to have the privilege of the NHL network, but I would pay upwards of 20. So the NHL, yeah, if they realize- Another example of them shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, let's lock some of our best content. Let's lock some of that behind uh, like the third tier package of cable 
as people are shedding cable left, right, and center anyway. So let's make sure that it's as hard and out of reach as possible. I, I, I wish they, they I are on some streaming services now, though. I mean, it, it, the streaming service they are on, I could be wrong about it because I'm, I'm what, myself what, looking into it. What streaming service are they on? What is it called? Fubo? How much a month does it end up being to get that? Uh, well, actually, now it's um, $57 or something for the first two months. And then it's like $80. Um, uh, it's, it's the same damn thing. Yeah, but but you, you could get like MSG and all and and uh, ESPN, everything like that. Wait, would I actually get MSG, MSG? Yeah. Like, even though I'm out of market, I would still actually get oh, I, that, that I that I that I can't answer. Because... Yeah, I saw I saw that uh, thing last um, Friday. I'm like yeah, seventy five dollars a month. Come on, yeah, but, we, but the the NHL wants to grow the game. Yeah, the NHL where really is wanted, the growing? If they really want to grow the game, like they wouldn't have that by, behind a massive cable paywall or streaming paywall that essentially is the exact same thing as cable. Like I, I should be able to buy a standalone app to access that content. Why? I, Take a lesser fee from your cable companies. They don't give a shit about you anyway. I can't imagine that's so lucrative to them to be to be on these exclusive deals, you know, with cable. It would make much more sense. They're like, yeah, we're going to have your network. We'll take a little bit less because we want to actually sell direct to our customers as well. And they would make, I I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the outlier, but I would pay a good premium. Like I said, I'd pay 20 bucks a month if I could just have the NHL network. I would love it. I love their content. Anytime I'm home and... My parents, they they have it. I, I end up watching so much NHL Network. It's great. They're, yeah, no, no. When I'm home, I'm game, watching NHL Network. Replays, now it's like no oh, chance. It's amazing. Yeah. They're game I mean, I'm sure, like, you got to go, like, digging to find that one streaming service that, like, has, like, a three-month trial. <laughs> you could get, like... <laughs> but then I'll, I'll just get... I'll, I'll, I'll get so used to it, and then when it goes away, I, right, I'll right, be right. so sad. Like, I almost don't even want it. It was like... It was like when I signed up for, like, the three months free of YouTube Premium... And I didn't have ads for three months. I got so used to it that when that shit click clack click back on, I was like, oh, it's like God. almost worth it's like that's almost painful. not worth it in the end. Yeah. You get I mean that that's what they're hoping for is that you get suckered into it. And you're like, I can't go back, but I, I went back. I now have to watch ads on my YouTube videos. Uh wasn't there something Luca wanted us to talk about? The um the in-game tournament, honestly, personally. Oh yeah, not yeah, in-game yeah. tournament, the in-season tournament, which honestly Hockey's more physically talling than basketball. Yeah, that is that is an issue with it. I also have an issue with the way you you say tournament, which is it's always bugged me. It's not just you. It's like that's a fairly East Coast thing. Everyone on the East Coast says tournament, tournament, and it always it always. I, I don't even notice. It okay. I say tournament, and you say tournament. It's, oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a thing I noticed from a, when I was a kid because I'm playing hockey and, and you know parents some parents would be like oh, is it not tournament tournament and you can it's not incorrect you're not saying it wrong it's like well, an accent it's either it's one a, or no it, it's an accent like it's not wrong it's not wrong to say it one way or the other like the English language doesn't have like a unified pronunciation for every single word like there are there is a range of acceptable sounds for vowels and things like that. So you saying tournament isn't wrong. It's just something that ever since I was a kid, it it hit my ear wrong and I did not like it. But this is a way too long to go on about my little personal preferences with how things are said. I say tournament, you say tournament. It's fine. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think the in-season tournament for the uh, NBA is is really cool. I don't follow the NBA really or, or really care about it, but I think it's just like a really cool thing to do. Um I would love if the NHL could do something like that, but you're, you're right. The problem with that is just that it, it is, it's too hard of a game to add that to it. I think, I, I think also. When are they planning the next world cup? Not the next year. I, you know, honestly, I don't know with that story. It's one of those things where I'm like, until you figure it out, I don't want to really just let me know when you figure yeah, it out. Yeah, let me know when you actually do it. Don't give me all these uh, little yeah, I, updates. Yeah, I, I don't really care about the, the things back and forth. I personally, I would love there to be a World Cup of Hockey. It used to be called the Canada Cup. I get why they changed that. But um, but back in my day, it was the Canada Cup. It was, I, there was, I will Canada say, though, Cup. there was a thing. I might be wrong in this, but like there was a rumor about what teams would be in it, and North America was not amongst them. North America? 
Team North America. Against who? In what? Sweden. The younger players. You're saying in 2016? You know, wait, you didn't know that? Like that that overtime versus Sweden was like oh, the craziest oh, oh, overtime. Oh, 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 that was for the 23 and under players. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, dude, the pros don't. I'm like, Canada, Team Canada, Team USA, and the pros don't. Play oh, no, together. no, no, no. Well, the, that's the why North was... American team from the World Cup. Well, right. For the 23 and under. Yeah, but that's their name right but canada but i'm saying in that world cup canada and usa for the non-kids were two separate teams yeah okay wait wait the the, the younger players no no the older players yeah yeah yeah, yeah. were two separate teams yeah i thought you were saying okay no no no, I, no. <laughs> but anyway yeah they, they apparently there was a rumor that they're not going to be in it which is a, a stupid idea for the record like that's a unique it's like a good idea, just and the NHL is very rare with that. It's like you actually had a good idea, just just stick with that. Yeah, I mean, I frankly, I I, I just always wish that they would let them play in the Olympics uh, anyway. Um, if you don't want to organize a World Cup tournament, that's fine. Let the Olympics be that, but just let your players do that. Like, so the league goes a little later one year when that happens. I, I don't care. Sometimes people get really mad about that. Like, oh, hockey in June. Uh, and I'm like, I, I'm I, mad about hockey in June. Did some people feel that way? They're like, it's a winter sport. Why are we playing it? It's going to play like. What, what, it, does it does it delay the beginning of the season? It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. Okay, so it shortens the off season. Who's complaining? Yeah, I mean, maybe players. But yeah, but, yeah I'm but, saying besides the but, players, but, why but, are but, you complaining? The off season's but, hell. Most times when I hear players asked about that, they're like, I would love to play for my national team. Right. Like, right. Most, they're, like, not they're, like, they're, they're not saying no. No. So I, I don't I don't see what the big issue is. You know, again, I think just the governing bodies of hockey in general are very often not the brightest people and that don't really know how to market anything. I mean, it, it you know. If they're going to find an opportunity to shoot themselves in the foot, they're going to shoot themselves in the leg. You know, like that's 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 how the NHL works. Like they're they're they can't help it. They're going to find every landmine in a field and stomp on it. Like that's what they're going to do. And at some point, as a fan of hockey, you just then this is life advice for everyone that's still listening. Anytime you're running up against something like that, you got to just stop resisting it. You just have to accept that that's the reality. Accept that there are idiots in the world. Accept that they're idiots. Accept it. And, and it doesn't mean you have to like it, but just accept it. And once you give up that resistance, oh, life gets so much easier. Like, I want them to grow the sport. It would be great. But it's just for me, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to get excited over something that I know is probably not going to happen. I think it seems like from what I've read that I feel like they are going to get this one together because I think there's enough push from players and fans. Are you talking about the Olympics? World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like things that the players are behind will eventually happen. But if nothing's pushing them to do it, like what's pushing them to actually make NHL Network accessible? Us? Why, Why do they care about the actual watchers watching it? They don't care enough to schedule games, half hour staggers, so I can watch more hockey. Like the most basic thing that you could do, it's like, I don't know how many times I'm like talking to my brothers and they're like, oh, hey, did you watch that Montreal game? I'm like, no. The Toronto game was the ones on. on the Rangers game. The, the, the Rangers game was on, the Toronto game was on. They were on at the same time. I couldn't flip over. I saw like two minutes of it, you know, where, and it's almost perfect for hockey. If you do half hour, set, half hour staggers, you almost always catch the vast majority of both games in the same like basic three and a half hour window you get to see like six hours of hockey it's amazing that would be smart yeah but they're not they're no no I'm, I'm saying that's the point like yeah. the problem is, is this is a smart idea brad so you just have to let go of the resistance just accept it and um and just take play all of our saying we're gonna accept it and then next week we're gonna be rambling oh i'm gonna rage all over we're again. Gonna be yeah, rambling on this again yeah. it's it's true it's true mm, have uh, scoring five five v five goals versus boston Without and Fox and Heedle. Boston, you know, they're a good team, but they're not a great team, in my opinion. I think they're overperforming. No, I, 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 no, they're 100% overperforming, and they're just, they're, I don't think coasting is the right word, but it's like sooner or later, it's got to stop. It's not sustainable. Yeah. They're not, no, I, 
they're not the same Bruins that they were no, no, last year, or even or or in recent years. I'll tell you who has taken probably one of the biggest step backs is 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 Marchand. I mean, always hated the guy, but that guy was just a menace. And I don't mean in the uh, annoying way. I mean like that guy was so good at getting the puck to the net and making plays happen out of nothing and taking the puck away and just creating something out of nothing. He was honestly one of the best in the league for the last number of years at generating something from nothing. Um, And it was always so scary playing against him when he was on the ice, because it was like, you knew he was going to get a stick in there. He was going to drive to the net. He was going to get passes through the crease. He was going to make it happen. Uh, He's not like that anymore. He he's hit that wall as well, where he's not the same player. Like he's still a threat for sure. It makes sense. His, his game is physically no dependent, right? Like a player like Panarin is going to age better than Marshan just because of the way they play. Sure, yeah, Marshan has more hard nosed play with an edge sort of thing, even though he's a little guy. Yeah, it's true, it's true. But yeah, he's definitely hit that wall. You know, like I said, Father Time comes for us all. So, I mean, th- um, this season has just been so satisfying because there are so many things. Whether it's been complaints, whether it's been like stuff oh that's the rangers way like face-offs or um i'm blanking on a few things now but there was those things that oh yeah that's or or when injuries happen the whole team fell apart it didn't matter if it was a fourth liner getting injured this team is for some reason falling apart Uh, and then you see other teams you know be able uh, being able to handle that and then all of a sudden all these things are just getting checkmarked one by one yeah, like let me ask you this: in the entire league, who are you scared of right now? If the Devils get their act together, maybe, but their goaltending's just—if this team, this Rangers team, played the Devils in that series, oh, we're winning it. We're, we're, we're winning in we're five, I think. Five, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe four, but maybe they might four. get one lucky one. The, the, yeah. the Rangers, the first two games, we dominated, right? And what yeah. happened? There was no adjusting. And when things fell apart, there was no one to nothing to get back to because there was like zero system. Yeah. And no one, and it was just a pure perimeter game. And we have another puck with defense. And I, I mean, it goes on and goes on. It I, does. They're scoring five, but are they are they beating the Panthers? Or that that team was just like team destiny. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm not scared. The, uh, right now in hockey, I think there's two teams that I'm actually would be legitimately scared to play, and neither of them in the Eastern Conference. The only two teams I could be scared of would be Vegas and Dallas, honestly. Those are the only two teams that I truly think can ha- hang with us. If we're playing our game, those are the only two teams I think can ha- hang with us for a seven-game series. I truly believe that right now. Yeah, you see like teams like Colorado and Tampa just... No, just they're not, they're not the same teams anymore. They're still good no. teams. They're still they're still a threat. Oh, like, how I, I, I say it's hilarious. It would not be hilarious if LA Kings met the Rangers this year in the finals. I would love it. I would. I love it, it just like as like a revenge type thing, but stress wise, there's no. It's fine. It'd be great. It'd be amazing. <laughs> that, would be, and, and that would be brutal. Just because this time brutal we've on got, another level. This time we've got Quick on our side. He's gonna take one home for us. Yeah. Not like Shesterkin, like knocking all over, like gets injured and then then quick just dominates versus them. Yeah. Maybe like we already won three with him and then like, like just you know, to, sh- just to rub it in their faces. Just to rub it in the we, 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 we put quick in for the start. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd love maybe it. put Garand in the third. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that's a, that's a fair thing. Who would you be scared of right now? And it's just. I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, when this team is on, no one stands a chance. And when this team is not on, they still try to find a way. Yeah. Right, and that's what good teams do. And it's just – and with 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 injuries. They're number one defenseman and Heedle and Shesterkin wasn't playing a lot of the games. It's – I mean, have we ever experienced this before? No. What are they now in face-off? Still one? No, we're not first face-offs, are we? Yeah, we're no- – oh, yep, we're number one in face-offs. Are we really? Yeah. Damn, I knew, I knew we were improving. I like that's really that's how big of a difference this has been. Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, like, yeah, I like I look over, I'm like in the metro, I'm like, who am I scared of? Like Carolina? Fuck no, I'm not scared of Carolina. Philly? Yeah, right. Washington. If the Devils ass. get their act together, maybe their speed kills, but 
I'm still the, not worried the, with still, the one three one and the actual system. I, I don't. I'm I'm still not worried about them. Boston, I I like they're probably the toughest team. The next toughest team for sure is Boston, but I'm still not scared of them. No, they're gonna come back to earth. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. All right. One last thing, and then we're gonna wrap it up here. Do you, I I this is yes. a random notion, and there's zero indication about it, but. I'm blanking right now just because it's just so late at night. Housley has been working with Country Miller, right? Why like there have been it? things of like Miller working with. Uh, I would assume was, so, right? Like you notice, like in the beginning of the season, or we're still really in the beginning, he was just defensively safe, not really risking it offensively, and then now it's like slowly building off of that. Or no? Is it just me? I think it's just you, honestly. I feel like he's been just more offensively aggressive the past. I mean, maybe it's with the Fox injury to compensate for that, but I don't know. I feel like he's been more offensive minded the past few weeks more than, I mean, the, past, the first few weeks, it really just felt like he was defensively safe. I don't know. I like, I don't feel that way. I, I get why you're saying that, but to me, I, I think I saw him try that at the very beginning of the year it just he's a little more successful now i think maybe that's why it's standing out more to you yeah no, I, I was I, just wondering I curious if maybe they wanted to like build his defensive game then build offensively i mean it, there's zero uh, indication of it it was yeah, just something out of my mind with how he's been you know playing yeah i, I think maybe it also is just like a lag time to getting adjusted to it. but that was something i just noticed right away with uh uh, I almost said Gallant. Oh, geez. With Laviolette's system was that the defense is, uh, they pinch in a lot more. They join the rush a lot more. They get deeper in the zone more often. Like, you see, I, I, I can't remember the last time I saw so many Rangers defensemen below the goal line, you know, in a game. Like, that's a routine Ruba was thing trying to, to see tap now. it in. I know. Like, you saw Fox getting deflection goals. When it's he like, was how in, did he get there? You know, Schneider was just like the, the blue line. Bucket, you know, like, yeah, like, like, and that's a very clear thing that they like that. They like, but I also like the fact is that they communicate where it's like a player's the, covering for them. The wingers, they won't, yeah, they they, won't they, have they that problem back. where it's a turnover. It's got a It's like a two on zero. Like they communicate and they cover for each other. I mean, again, we've said it every single episode uh, since the beginning of the season. They're bought in. Every player has bought in. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I noticed. I, I, I noticed him doing that. To begin with, he just wasn't very successful at doing it. And now I think he's getting better looks at doing it. Right. I mean, defense, the defensemen are going to have a, more of an adjustment than the players are in this new system. Like they have the bigger change. Well, I have to object to you uh, insinuating that defensemen are players, but sure. Not, you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause they have a different. They have a different role, you know. They have a more active role than they do in a stay-at-home sort of system, for sure. It, it's yeah, no, no. It's just like what was it? It was versus the Flyers. You just see a uh, trooper trying to tap at home right by the goalpost. So like it's it's insane. Like what was it? Even ten years ago, that's not that's not happening in the league. No, defensemen have become a lot bigger part of the generating offense. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah, and and it's nice to see that the Rangers are actually starting to adapt to that. Yes. Rather than just stay in the olden times of the good old Lieber Hayek's, the Brendan Harpers, the uh, Patrick Nemeths. Um, I'm blanking on more. Who are the Jack the big... Johnson, Jared Tornorty? Oh, Jack Johnson, Jerry Tornorty. Um, uh, there's a, there's another there's the... another one sitting out there too. Oh, I was going to say John Gilmore, Rob O'Gara, but that doesn't really yeah fit the theme of what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, there was another one though, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I am, I am glad. Which brings to the last thing I think I want to talk about is, uh, I think it'll be really fun to see Zach Jones. Uh, he's going to make another NHL team really happy. I think one day. Yeah, I really do. I, 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 it's it's just a luxury that's just we don't need it. No, and, and that's it, it's it's good news. It is. Right. It is. It's great news. We, we but we don't need him. But man, I. He's it's not fun. the lack of his talent. It's just we have a lot of it. Yeah, he's fun to watch with the puck, and he needs to be paired with somebody that isn't that isn't Braden Schneider. Yeah, it doesn't like a Ryan Ryan Lindgren type. That's who you want to pair him with. Exactly, 
Exactly. So yeah, uh, he's got to be I, in the trade deadline package. Whoever, whatever it is, and I, I think honestly, so. I, I, I question why. Like, I don't know. I thought by this time, like the aging would come to Drury and say, "Hey, you know, like he's done everything you've asked. You know, do right by him." Um, maybe it's delayed because of the Fox injury, but honestly, very it's well just, could be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Drury says, "You know, just wait till the trade deadline, and then uh, that's it." But they. See, like for a seventh defenseman, they need a defensive defenseman. Yeah, they do. Because Gustafson could uh, plug in for Fox. No, there is no player on this team that could plug in for Lindgren. And that's the reason why there's a not so great record with him and yep. being injured. Yep, that's absolutely right. All right. I got to, I think we're going to end it off here. Any Anything else? Uh, Yeah. Fuck the city of Philadelphia and fuck the Eagles. And screw cable, by the way. They're just such a nightmare. Absolutely. All right. I think we're going to end out of here. Uh, Thank you to the listeners, and we will see you next time.